Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, delighted to have you with us today. Our co-host Carol Zerniel is joining us as well. We're going to talk about humor and disease in just a couple of moments, but let me introduce Carol. As many of you know, she's past chair of the board of directors of the National Council on Aging, a member of the Ray's Family Caregiving Advisory Council under the Federal Department of Health and Human Services. She has a master's degree in social gerontology and nearly 30 years experience in the field of aging and caregiving. She is Next Avenue Top 50 Influencer on Aging, granted to her just a couple of years ago. And Carol, it is great to have you with us. It is great to be here. I'm so excited for today's show. Well, it is an interesting topic. And why don't we introduce Professor Barry Goldsmith. He is a cancer survivor, a professor of architecture and comedy at NYU New York University. He is a travel expert as well on national TV, national radio, in print, and on the web. He's got a travel column, been there, haven't done that, now in its 13th year of recommending sites around the world, missed by most tourists and even missed by many locals. Professor Goldsmith uses both his architectural history background and a humor background in tours he's created and leads around the world. He is a cancer survivor, as I mentioned. And he has used humor as a way to deal with it. And the fact is, it's been pretty successful, that cancer diagnosis over 30 years ago. And Professor Goldsmith, thanks for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. And speaking of aging, uh, I just aged another 12 seconds while waiting to, with that introduction, whoever wrote that. <laughs> well, I could have made it longer. Long. <laughs> <laughs> so share with us. Uh, how you first felt when that diagnosis of cancer came. Uh, you were told that the news was serious, that uh, you ran the risk of dying. Uh, how did you take that information and jump to humor? Well, first of all, uh, I went for an ultrasound and an x-ray. Uh, and the doctor examining me, at, at, uh, I was late in the day, and she was examining it as the ultrasound, as she was doing it. And I could see her face drop. And she said, uh, 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 Professor, um, uh, sit down. Uh, I want to tell you something. Now, this is just an observation, okay? When people have good news and they're sitting down, do they ever say, stand up? I've got some good <laughs> news for you. No. But the moment they say, sit down, I'd like to talk to you, you know it's not good news which was that same thing in my case. And she, she said, um, you actually have a mass on your abdomen. And it was a cancerous mass. And then I went over to see my internist who said, you have testicular cancer and it spread to uh, your abdomen. And he said, if we're lucky and you do chemo, uh, whatever, he said, um, uh, you probably stand stand a decent chance of surviving. 
went to see my oncologist a day later. I guess uh, I'm somewhat important if they speed that up or uh, it's somewhat deadly if they speed it up. <laughs> you never you never know. I like to think it's because I'm important and they respect education or it's really uh, rapidly dissolving me. So let's let's get take care of it. ASAP, which was the case. And uh, my oncologist, who I just met, looked over and he said, Barry, sit down. Okay. I, I, mean, I think uh, I think oncologists should be associated with chair manufacturers. I really do. Uh, they can get a lot of business that way. And he said, Barry, sit down. I have some news for you. And I said, what is it? Well, you're going to go through months of chemo if that's okay with you. And I give you a 50-50 chance of surviving five years. And I said to myself, instead of crying or whatever, I immediately came back a 50-50 chance of surviving uh, five years. Now, we're talking dog years, right, doctor? (laughs) And he just laughed and he said, what? You're the first person who ever actually came back with a joke. And I said, well, that's because I don't know if you know this, but I write for uh, the Joan Rivers show and I do Man in the Street. Uh, you know, I've been doing this for uh, two years already. And I said, maybe I should switch to uh, Man in the Cemetery now. Maybe it's about time. And he said, no, no. And, and he was talking more and more. And he said, you know something? Um, I'm glad you have a sense of humor. And he told me that um, that. In terms of health, he said, actually, if you keep up your your system, if you have a positive attitude, you can get something called the endorphins going in your body. And that actually helps you cope with disease. And I had not known that. So uh, I did it for uh, I had chemo for four months and I did it. uh, I, I did it with the chemo doctors and. You know, when you make them laugh in the cancer ward, if you want something from the outside, like ice cream, the nurses will bring it in. Uh, I also was involved with something else. Uh, everybody had a brown paper bag, my friends coming in. Shh, don't tell anybody. This is marijuana. It's pot. And I said, well, put it over there with the rest. And I personally don't, uh, don't use pot, a pot. I don't smoke it because I'm weird enough. As you can tell in the first spot, first three minutes, I'm weird enough without it. You know, I just go through the roof if I had it. All right. So now, I hold that thought. They We're like my come. humor that <laughs> they did favors for me and whatever. Or they like what was in the brown paper bags in the corner of the room. But I still use that. And I have to say, cancer care at the time was very, very helpful to me. Now, All right, Professor, I hold, Professor, Go I'm going to stop you for just a moment. I hate to okay. interrupt, but. For folks who have just joined us, and it happens all the time, they have no idea who or what they're listening to. So let me tell them, this is Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerno. We're talking with Professor Barry Goldsmith, a cancer survivor who uses humor in order to cope with disease. He's a professor at NYU University. And Carol, you had a comment. Well, I, I have two comments because you're you're making me recall that my mother, who was an RN, totally believed in laughter and humor, and she actually used to go to laughter as the best medicine conferences all over the country um, to learn more about integrating 
laughter and humor into her care for patients. So it's nice to know that it works on cancer too. I didn't know that. So Barry, when you talk about humor, uh, you were consciously trying uh, to use it or is it just you? Um, if you've looked at my dating cycle lately, it's just me. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, it's part of me. Um, I found that uh, the more education I got, uh, the more I joke around. Uh, I was pretty dull as a kindergarten. You can imagine it. And I just said, God, uh, uh, I'm in a sand trap. And I refer to that as my sandbox. So uh, uh, what I think it is, I think it's seeing the world differently. Uh, and I always have. Maybe that's why I'm to travel, too. And when you think about others who are struggling with cancer and other debilitating diseases, are you able to bring not only humor to them through you, but have them turn on that humor gene for themselves? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, that, that, that's a good question. Um, when I, uh, whenever I teach comedy, my first uh, uh, trip with all my students is, okay, grab a pen, grab a pad, and we're out, of, we're out of here. And we walk around just, I said, you have to look at things differently. You have to train your eyes to look at different, different things differently and things that may not line up, things that look strange. For instance, uh, about four blocks from NYU, there was a, this is uh, about um, uh, 30 years ago, 28 years ago, there was a, a stop sign. That was when they had don't walk. And the stop sign said, don't, don't. So I, you know, I, nobody saw it. And I saw it. I trained them how to look at things differently. And I did it. Uh, I, I did it with, with some patients there too. Uh, in fact, whenever I do tumor humor, and I usually do it pro bono, uh, which means that if Cedar sinai uh, wants me in Los Angeles, they will, uh, pay for my airfare, uh, uh, pay for my transportation door to door, put me up in a hotel, and I will do the tumor humor without actually a fee. Sometimes if they want a fee, I will donate it to cancer care. And you'd be surprised after the people come uh, coming over. And I have lots of, uh, of new friends emailing me, oh, Barry, is this funny? Is this funny? And they use it. Cancer people who are actual cancer patients. And then when I get something from them, like a year later, guess what? My doctor said I'm cured. Uh, that's the one thing I don't laugh at. I get tears in my eyes. So, uh, so do is everything funny that someone sends you who's a cancer patient? Do you always say, "Yeah, that's hysterical"? No, I'm I'm I'm, I'm honest with them. Really? And I developed a, a whole routine. You know, at uh, I call my my chemo nurse. Okay, chemo sabe. Um, when they, when they change my IV from one arm to the other, uh, I, I yell out, uh, Hey, look at me. Uh, I went, uh, um, I'm IV league, you know, just little things, little, little observations. And I make them laugh and I make other patients laugh and they use it when they're going through chemo. And, uh, well, I think life is short. And I try to make my jokes shorter. No, just uh, so uh, I think it really does help because my doctor, my cancer had spread to my lung and brains. 
we all knew that was in the abdomen. And my doctor said, the best we can do is give radiation and we'll do a biopsy once a year or every 14 months to see how that mass is doing on your abdomen. Well, after uh, um, all the rounds of chemo, it had disappeared. So I don't know whether I it's because of humor or maybe one of my subjects in one of my uh, uh, humor uh, seminars was really a magician. And when I wasn't looking, just willed it to disappear. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, and I don't know long term uh, if it helped people, but I know it helped me. And sometimes if you can't do anything else, try this. Well, let's try this. We're going to interrupt you for just a moment. We're going to come right back to you. And I want to talk a little bit more because what you're really hitting on is what the success of Seinfeld was for all those years, finding humor in absolutely nothing. You're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. Barry Goldsmith is here, a professor at NYU, New York University in uh, uh, New York City. He is a cancer survivor. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Hello. We're so pleased you're sticking with us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, and we're talking with Professor Barry Goldsmith, professor at NYU Architecture and Comedy, an an interesting combination of careers. He's a cancer survivor as well, and hit on humor as a way to deal with his disease. So, Barry, you, you were talking about your work with Joan Rivers. You wrote man-on-the-street comedy sketches. I think a lot of people who saw those thought that they were just ad-libbed. Well, okay. The, the man-on-the-street was ad-libbed. I remember after uh, uh, the uh, election, I was standing at the, my local subway stop, 77th in Lexington, with posters. Uh, interns were holding posters of me saying, your next state senator your next state senator. And I was thanking people for voting for me. And people were saying, oh, do, do a great job. I know you're going to do a great job. I voted for you. I believe in you. And down the steps came uh, uh, Mark Allen Siegel, who was the state senator from my district. And he said, oh, uh, hi, uh, I guess they're adding a state senator. Uh, uh, congratulations. Uh, I live, where do you live? And I said, where I live. And he said, oh, I live in the same neighborhood. You know what? Uh, I drive up to Albany. I'd be glad to, t- you know, uh, to take you up there. Now I learned, I learned with doing television, you have to have a consent form. Okay. Uh, otherwise they, they can't use it on television. So, uh, if you want to know uh, a negative reaction to comedy, it's some people not signing a consent form. Okay. Not everybody loves comedy. I learned that. I mentioned Seinfeld as we uh, uh, took a short little break uh, and the success of that program 
making something out of nothing. And that's what you are saying in part of your class at NYU. You try to get your students to look around them. Yes, exactly. In fact, uh, sometimes uh, we go to the, the Museum of Television and Radio, the Paley Center, where the, the curator, the head curator, Ron Simon, is a friend of mine. And at the end of showing them the history of comedy, Ernie Kovacs, whatever, he de- deals with a, one of me doing Man in the Street. OK, I had to get that plug in for Ron. Uh, we were in the subway, speaking observations, uh, going up and there was an, an Hasidic uh, Jew. Now, now uh, I'm Jewish, so I'm not allowed to knock my own people. Anyway, there was an Hasidic Jew with the beard and the, the fur hat and uh, the, the, the beard uh, going down the side. And I noticed that he had bags underneath his eyes and bandages on his nose. And I was, uh, uh, I was uh, pointing to the kids in the subway who were standing. I went like, look at that, look at that, look at that. And finally, when we got off and they said, what were you doing? What, what was so funny? I said, excuse me. And Hasidic Jew had a nose job so he wouldn't look so Jewish. And they all burst out laughing. Okay. And Joan, Joan made me repeat it on the show. Okay. So, well, that uh, is really funny. Okay. Yeah. We, not everybody has a sense of humor. There was a psychologist on, I don't want to mention her. Uh, uh, she was very famous in the before my time, even in the in the fifties, sixties, seventies, and uh, we, I, I came up with the idea to do a Rorschach test. We had lots of different Rorschach tests, and the last one was uh, Mikhail Gorbachev's birthmark. That's and, cool. And so she was <laughs> she was just going, uh, oh. Uh, Oh, and she was saying all kinds of things. And she and she said, and Joan said, it's Mikhail Gorbachev's birthmark. And let's um, she gave me the gave Joan the finger and stormed off the set. OK, wow. and she consults people to make them feel better. I won't say who it is. And then uh, she said, uh, uh, Joan said, came back. I had to apologize to her. And. Uh, the rest is history. We redid it. And Joan uh, uh, doubled my salary for that week for putting up with it and not saying anything to the media because the media was always looking to jump on something. So that's one of the ex- experiences. Well, you know, as I'm listening to you talk, um, one of the things we do differently now is we talk about living with the disease. And when you talk about humor and you talk about observing things that you might not see otherwise, you know, it's it's kind of an endorsement or or saying the same thing because um, thinking something is funny and observation brings you more to life. You are living, still enjoying life, even though you may have a diagnosis. Yes, I I, I feel that there are two ways to look at things. Um, uh, looking at results. I mean, if you got laid off your job, for instance, you can say, "Well, I didn't like it anyway." let's hope for the better. Or you you can say, you know, raise the middle finger and say, well, look what you did and harp on it. But harping on it doesn't create anything positive. It doesn't do anything. Instead, just say, okay, that's behind me. And sadly, when I used to tell people that's behind me, I dropped 40 pounds when I had cancer. So <laughs> I said, that's behind me. I didn't have any behind to show them. So I became a hypocrite then. 
But as you can as you can see, and certain, I've developed humor in some people where they'll look at something on somebody and and see, for instance, they'll see a, a cross. Uh, uh, somebody saw a Russian or Greek Orthodox cross with two bars in it, and they came up a nurse wearing it. Another cancer patient said, "Oh, uh, does somebody do anything nasty to you?" And she said, "No." Oh, then what's the double cross doing there? And I got this person to look and and observe things. And he said that. And he told me after, if it weren't for me and tumor humor, uh, he wouldn't have said it. And it made him feel better. And people were laughing. And he continued to do it. And he was also cured from uh, from cancer. And it was also, uh, it had spread. You know, and... You know, one of the things is when I was a kid, they used to uh, talk about margarine, the high price spread. And believe me, uh, it's a it's with cancer. It's a very high price you pay for that spread. And uh, you can only be be positive and and miracles do happen. Uh, I'm speaking to you now. That's a miracle. Uh, You're not laughing now. That's also a miracle. Tell us a little bit about the students who take your class. Why are they in there? Are they looking to go into comedy? I think, uh, well, some of them are, and some of them aren't. But for instance, uh, one was a business major at the Stern School in NYU. And when you look at the business school named Stern, you can't get more apropos than that. (laughs) Uh, They kind of are Stern. But uh, uh, (laughs) he said, you know, um, when I write speeches, I'd like to add a little humor here and there. It keeps people focused. So they were thinking along the business line. If you pepper up something with humor, I mean, I've, I've written humor for lots of people, even the, the travel field. I mean, uh, for Arthur Fromer, uh, I've written humor for him and other people because you stop and you listen more and you go, gee, I never thought of that. Oh, gee, that's funny or that's clever. And uh, there's also something between being dirty uh, and insulting, like uh, Don Rickles, may he rest in peace, um, or of blessed memory. Yeah, uh, was he had nasty humor. I wouldn't say it was clever, but I think if you're clever, people will say, "Oh, interesting," and it'll it'll get them to think and respond uh, in terms of business writing. So yeah, I've had a lot of of business majors who took comedy writing. Yeah, well, you you've touched upon my my question is the intersection of travel, architecture, and humor. That's such an interesting group. Do you do you you just talked about travel and humor? Yeah, do you bring it all together in one place? Okay, yeah, I'll I'll give you an example. Um, there's a comedic answer. What does architecture have to do with comedy? The co- comedic answer is I'm off the wall. <laughs> However, the tra- and the more serious question, the answer to that is uh, Sir John Van Brugh, uh, a great British architect who designed Blenheim Palace, which was the birthplace of Winston Churchill, was also a great restoration comedy playwright. He wrote The Provoked Wife, which is still performed today by the Royal Shakespeare Company. Another one is Bernini. Bernini also wrote, designed a theater, and actually wrote plays. Uh, some of them with what he thought was humor. Uh, so anyway, there is a direct correlation between travel and uh, comedy and architecture. 
For those who want to learn more about you, hear more about you, uh, you have a website they can go to? Uh, I'm designing a new website, uh, which I thought wasn't humorous enough. I'm adding that. <laughs> but they're welcome to uh, uh, email me at, uh, well, I won't use my NYU email address, at prof, P-R-O-F-B as in Barry, Goldsmith, G-O-L-D-S-M-I-T-H, one, at gmail.com. And I'm now putting together a 55-plus TV travel show called uh, You Haven't Seen It All. From my grandfather, who used to say to me all the time, now I've seen it all. So that's (laughs) my reply to that. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on. And I guess the last quick question would be, when you write something that's supposed to be funny, do you know it's funny? Um, You know, that's funny. I like to say it's funny. You know, sometimes you think something is very funny and you try it out and it bombs. And the opposite is true. Sometimes you do a throwaway line and you have to stop and people are laughing at it and you don't expect it. So the answer is goes both ways. (laughs) Dr. Barry Goldsmith, Professor Goldsmith, we really appreciate you coming on. Professor NYU, and uh, we thank you for your time. This is it today for Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron for Carol Zernio. We will talk with you again soon. And another thank you to Professor Goldsmith. Executive producers for Caregiver SOS On Air are Carol Zernio and Ron Aaron. Our associate producer is Christy Romero. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.